0: Good morning and welcome to the first week of a brand new series called The Haunted, the Haunted Heart. How many of you guys in here say you are Halloween people, like you, that's one of your favorite, y'all are going to hell. No, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, <clears throat> I'm just kidding, shots fired right out of the gate. You're like, no one likes you, Wes. Um, hey, no, I'm just kidding, um, I don't really um, like Halloween and the reason why I don't like Halloween is because you have to go trick-or-treating outside. And if I could live in a state where there was no mosquitoes, I might could get down to that. But there are then as soon as it gets a little bit dark, the mosquitoes come flying in, and you are you are mosquito you are mosquito bait, and it begins to get all over you. And so, um, and I just I was still in the front row just a minute ago, and I thought to myself, man, what a what a what an incredible experience that we get to have when we come here. And I hope that none of you guys ever, I know that I don't want to, I don't ever want to neglect all that God is doing in our church. I don't ever want to neglect or, or count it as just, oh, it's just, it's just happenstance that we get to be here and get to worship. Like I, The expectation needs to always, you need to always come in with high expectation. I was thinking today, I told our team this morning that when I first started ministry, I used to get so sad when it would rain. Because if it rained, that meant people weren't going to show up. And I, I started looking and God kind of dropped a, a word in my heart. And the word that God dropped in my heart was this idea of that whenever in the Bible, whenever we see water, God shows up in an incredible way. The woman at the well. The party of the Red Sea. And we all throughout scripture, we see water. Jesus turns water into wine. We see the first miracle with water. Like everything that we see in a scripture, a lot of, a lot of incredible and it, it, miracles that we see, we the battle at Mount Carmel, where 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 um, Elijah called down fire from heaven. But they filled up this they filled up this altar full of water first, and then he called fire down from heaven, and God did a miracle in that day. And so I'm just so thankful um, for the worship uh, in this house. I'm thankful that you guys are here today, and um, I want to talk about your hearts. And you're like, bro, stay away from my heart. I don't want I don't want anybody talking about. My heart, but I want to talk about your heart today. Do you know how important your heart is? You, you guys know that. I, I um, Diana's, little, Diana's has a little, she has a cousin and he just had a little baby. And you guys, a lot of you guys have been praying for, for him and, and uh, he, has a, he has a heart defect. And they really thought that he was going to have to have a heart transplant like right out of the gate. And um, I didn't really process all what that meant, but I, that, I just realized after, as it got closer, there had to be another little baby heart available to be able to put in this other little baby's heart to give it a, a new heart. So death... We need a death to happen in order for life to continue. And I really began to process a lot. But the heart's, a, the heart's an important thing. Like you have to have a heart. And that's a little baby. Like a, a heart's important for a little baby. But a heart is also important for, for adults. I had a grandpa. My, my grandpa has passed away. He passed away my, the, the, the day after Thanksgiving, my senior year of high school. And uh, we called him Poopaw. And um, I don't know if that's a nickname that only black people give their grandpa parents. I've never heard another Poopaw before. I don't know where it came from. But we called him Poopaw. And so I never met a white Poopaw. Just never, never did that, you know, and it's not racist. It's I've never met a white poop but my poop is black. And so I don't know if there's any other people out there that are African-American, black, and, and they're, they named their grandpa poop let me know because I need to have a moment with you later after the service today. And what's wrong with you, Wes? Um, but I was thinking, uh, my grandpa, he had a heart attack, I don't know, maybe four or five years before he passed away. And the doctor said, you have to change the, your life because the, what you're doing is affecting your heart. And what he said to my grandpa was this, he's like, you have to stop eating soul food not an option, and you have to quit smoking cigarettes, and so I remember he, he quit smoking cigarettes, My grandpa's like, grandpa, I'm so proud of you, Poop, I'm so proud of you for quit smoking cigarettes, and I knew you were going to give up grandma's fried chicken, collard greens, macaroni and cheese, potato salad, my grandma could make peach cobbler with the, with the perfect crust on top, she, I don't know how she layered it, but she layered it, and I mean my grandma could stink and cook, and um, she, she made that, but he, he changed his eating for, he changed eating a little bit, but then he went right, we went right back to it, the food was full on. And back to cigarettes and i said grandpa you're gonna you're gonna, like that's not good for your heart Poopah, I was like, that's not good for your heart he goes i'm gonna die anyways and he goes and then i'm gonna go to heaven afterwards so i really i'm really not mad and so you just like i'm not advising anyone to go out and start smoking cigarettes eating soul food i am advising some of you guys eat soul food but not cigarettes and soul food. the combination i don't know is good i know it's not good for your heart and so i remember thanksgiving day my senior year of high school going to thanksgiving with my grandpa and i left that day and i went out and i went home and I woke up the next day to the phone call from my from my grandma to my dad that your your grand your dad is gone, uh, to be with the Lord. But your heart, your heart is important. You have to have, your heart has to be right. And so, if you have a Bible, I want to I want to read a story today about a heart. So if you can flip over to Genesis chapter three, I want to read a story to you um, that I think is going to help you. That may help some of us in here today uh, with our heart. But before I do that, I have a theme verse that I'm going to use for this whole entire. Month And it's this, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Like, I know you're probably thinking my job determines the course of my life, my finances determines the course of my life. But the Bible tells me, the Bible tells you and I say that we have to guard our hearts because our hearts determine where we're going to go. I tell our kids in youth group and we have a youth group that meets here on meets her on Sunday nights, not tonight, but next Sunday night, they meet every other weekend, weekend. I always tell them what you put in, eventually it comes out. You, your heart is is an important thing and Jesus knew that. So he tells us in his word in the old testament, guard your heart. If you're gonna guard something, I was telling Tyson the other day, I have like this really I have this pain in my, my in my arm right here. And um, it's not I was telling I was also telling Josh about it. It's not bad enough to make me stop working out. I, I probably should. Like it just hurts. He's like, you haven't got it checked out yet. I'm like, no, I'm afraid to get in the MRI machine. Like, I'm just—that's where I'm at. You know, like, I'm like, but I—I I think sometimes it's easy for us to make sure our bodies are right. I always tell Diane, I gotta make sure my—my. Remember, my, my dad called me when I was in college. He's like, he was in the hospital with bad heart. My grandpa, bad heart. And I always got—I'm always doing cardio because I want to make sure that my heart. I want to have—I want my heart to be right. I want my heart to be healthy physically, but I want my heart to be right spiritually. And When I found this passage of scripture. Proverbs 4.23, I thought, man, what a powerful thing that God tells us to guard our hearts above all the things because out of it determines the course of my life. Here's what I know, that God wants your heart right. And anything that God wants to be right, the enemy wants to be wrong. So if you want to have right relationships, God wants you to have right relationships, the enemy's going to come after your relationships. If you want to have good finances, like you want to have you want to have a good, because you're a steward by the way of all that God's given you. If you want to steward your money well, the enemy going to use things to trip you you up, and we're, we've been buckling down, we're tightening up our, budge, our budget, and, and then, you know, and this wasn't the devil, but like my, my tires are my tires are bad on my on my car, and I had to get new tires, and that wasn't the bad deal, the bad deal is, you know, the inevitable happens, I go drop it off to a mechanic, and I'm close enough to my office that I always drop it off, and I walk back down to my office, and I always see people, they, they never stop, and like I see people that I know, they never stop to ask if I need a ride, like they don't go to our church, not you guys, because you would stop and ask if I need a ride, wouldn't you? <laughs> They're like, no, we wouldn't. <laughs> Um, but I, I just, I see people that I know in the city, like they always just wave at me, I'm like, you could ask, like I would, ask, I would pull over and ask if you need a ride, but anyways, I, everyone's not like me, everyone's not like me, you know, like everybody can't be perfect. <laughs> <clears throat> Paul said I'm the chiefest of sinners, and I feel like that's, I can relate with Paul. Um, and they never ever stopped and picked me up, but I thought, man, I got there and he's like, well, got your tires on. He said, "But you really need new struts." I'm like, "Oh, I need. I've needed new struts like I think a long time. <laughs> like I just I don't want to spend the money. Like my car still rolls, right?" <laughs> He's like, "But if you fix the struts, your tires will won't warp. They won't warp the wrong way. They won't wear the wrong way. And you also need an alignment." And I'm like, "No one asked you all that. Just put my freaking tires on. Give my car back." I'm like, "Just how much is that?" And he was telling me how much it was. But I think sometimes we we're we're really good at the outside stuff, but we don't we just we neglect the inside stuff. Like you can't see a strut on a car, but you can see the tires. And so, like, as I'm trying to fix my finances, then I have this money, I gotta throw finances. Like, I'm trying to make sure my, my finances are right. And so then I, I'm you know, the enemy, not the enemy, but like just other things happen. If it's relationships, whatever it is. So I want to encourage you today. I want to, I want to go after your heart today in four different areas. But the first one I want to go after, I want to go after a word that we see in the Bible, and it's the word guilt. And moms, you can relate this word because there's a there's a there's a catchphrase in culture, mom guilt, mom guilt, mom guilt. I'm like, dad, yo, <laughs> I'm kidding, dads don't have it, just moms do, it's, a weird, it's a weird how dads don't care, <laughs> the other day, I, I had to get onto one of my kids, and um, I had to get onto him like right when we got the car on the way to school, so it was a long 25 minutes for him, I was fine, I get out of the car, I was telling someone a story, I get out of the car, I mean, I, I, I get out, the, I pull up, and I, I put the car in park, and I'm getting the twins out. By getting them out, I'm literally pushing them out. I'm like, go to school, go to school. You know, you need education. I need a break, you know. And I push them out. And, and the, the, the son I had to get on get onto. I don't want to say his name because every time I say his name, he charges me $5. It's disgusting. So he gets out of his car and he gets his, you can't make this stuff up. He gets out of the car and I don't see him anymore. I've got my window up. And he, the, the one he comes down, and this kid, particular kid, he, when, if he's down, he wants to show you that he's down. So he literally will take his shoulders and just be like, and I don't care because I'm selfish, so I don't care, you know, I have a haunted heart, <laughs> and so he comes up to my window, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I get my phone out, I just start video, I don't he's looking at me, and he's looking at me, and he's going, just looking at me, I'm looking, and I'm not looking at him, I just got my phone, like this, and he just, I just want to see what kind of reaction he, and I hear on the window, that's how it sounded in my mind, and he, I don't even look, I just roll the window down, I go, hey, he goes, hey, he goes, I love you, I'm like, go to school right now. No, I'm just gonna say that. I said I love you too. And he just I, I roll the window up and he just he just just starts walking back down and uh, I love him. I love him with all my love him with all my heart. But I think sometimes we don't really guys don't really get the whole guilt thing but we live in a culture that seems like a lot of us are always guilty. Our kids don't we don't get our kids the thing that we think that they want or that they need that we they think and so we feel guilty. Or maybe a lot of you guys in here today, you profess Christ as your Savior. You're like, I, you know, Jesus, I know you're down on the cross for my sins. Romans 3, 23, Romans 6, 23, Romans, you know, Romans 5 through 8, Romans 7. Like all the verses that you hear me say every single week. And, and you've trusted Christ as your Savior, but you're still sinning. But then you live in guilt. And I just don't believe that God's called you to live in guilt. I believe the enemy uses guilt. And then when he uses guilt, I was talking to about this last night. Uh, but when, if, we don't, if we don't get the guilt out of our life, that guilt then turns to shame. And we begin to live in this shame cycle. And God didn't design you to live in a shame cycle. He didn't, he didn't, he uses guilt to trigger you to go left when you're going wrong or to go right when you're going wrong and uses it to trigger you. But we just, if we don't get that right and we don't confess that sin or make that thing right in our life, then all of a sudden we go from guilt and then we find ourselves in a shame, in a shame cycle. And we, and it's we got to get out of it. And the way we get out of it is one of the ways is that we never, we prevent ourselves from actually going into it by addressing the guilt or addressing the thing that's causing the guilt. And so I want to go to a passage of scripture where we see guilt for the first time, and it's in Genesis chapter 3. If you need a title for the message today, some of you guys in here today, it's not on the notes, it's not on the screen, but you can write down this, goodbye, goodbye guilt, goodbye guilt, or maybe some of you guys in here today, you want to call it, um, you, you want to call it this, bye Felicia, you just want to call it guilt, Felicia. just bye, bye, bye Felicia, or goodbye, goodbye guilt, wherever you want to see, we're going to see it, sin, we're going to see um, sin, and then also guilt introduced into the world. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says this, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? You you know the story. God creates all the things. And he, he creates sun, moon, stars, lights, animals, all the things, the water, the dry land. He creates all those things. And he says, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. That's good." Kind of like Jocko will look good. You know, he's like, that's good, that's good, that's good. And then it gets to... It gets to man ladies and he doesn't say it's good because he knew we needed you guys ladies so then he created a woman and then when he created a woman then he goes okay cool now humanity is good like now things are now things are are, are right the way they're supposed to be and so then we have that then the serpent comes into play there's another character a man woman god and we see this serpent or satan come into play and satan used to be good things things used to be good with satan and and God, but he just, he wanted, he wanted control. And he wanted to be, he wanted to be God. And there's only space, there's a message for someone here today. There's only space for one God in your life. Like, we have lots of them. Like, you, your stuff can be a God. Moms or dads, mainly moms. Your kids could be a God in your life. Or maybe money's a God, or maybe you're a God, you love yourself a lot. Things, it, all, all, a lot of things could become gods. But he says here, um... You can't, there's only one God. And and so he goes to the woman and he asks her a question because the enemy's really good at asking you questions that there's really not really an answer to or that there's really a clear answer to, but it makes you think that there's not a clear answer to. And so we have in verse two, he says, of course we may eat from the fruit. Of course we may eat from the fruit, the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat from. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will surely... You will surely die. nobody wants to die. Verse 4, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your ears will be open as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And her ears were already open because she was perfect up until this point. And, and Adam was perfect up until this point, And Eden was perfect. I mean, it was incredible. Verse 6, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked so delicious. Whatever your fruit is, insert that there. And he says, and she wanted the wisdom... That it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some of the fruit to her husband who was with her and, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open. At that moment, their eyes their eyes, robe, and when we do things that we shouldn't, do our eyes begin to look a certain kind of way? And their eyes, when we go places and do things, kids in here today, our students here today, they're in our youth group. And your mom and dad are trying to guard your high eyes because if they can guard your eyes, then they know they can. That helps guard your heart. Students in here, say one more. You're like, this is not youth group, Pastor West. Close your mouth. You know, like students in here today, your mom and dad, they want to know what you're listening to because they know what's in your ears is attached to your heart. Can I get an amen from a mom or daddy here today? <laughs> Come on, you guys gave me the notes and y'all amen me. I thought for sure y'all would have shouted me down. Every pastor wants their pastor to say that to their kids. Hey, and adults, you ain't off the hook either. What are you listening to? You know what I'm saying? John Mayer is okay sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like there's times for John Mayer. But you got to be careful what you're putting into because what you put in, it comes out of your life. Be careful what you put into your life. And so we see here a little bit further in the story, their eyes begin to open, their ears begin to open. Um, can we go to uh, verse 8? When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard God coming into the garden. So they hid from God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? This is where we're going to see guilt. Verse 10 He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Get this. Who told you that you were naked? Because they've been naked for a while now. The Bible says, the Lord God asked them, have you eaten from the tree? Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman. Guys, Sticking jerks. Guys, when I say we're jerks, it started back here in Eden. You know what I'm saying? It was the, it was the woman who gave me the fruit and I ate it. Then the Lord asked the woman. What have you done?" He asked the question. Is, let one answer. you. The sermon deceived me. The serpent deceived me, she replied. And that's why I ate it. I going to back up a couple of verses. He replied to her, I heard you, I heard you walking. Or, um, let me see, verse 8, the cool breeze. Verse 9, the Lord God called him. where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid, or I was, I, I felt guilty. I felt guilty. I think sometimes we go through these seasons of life where we feel, we really just feel, we feel guilty. And when we get there, what I'm afraid of is that we hang out in the guilt for too long. We just hang out there. And instead of saying, oh, cool, that's not good. You know, silly me. Like when the check engine light comes on or when the, when the light says, hey, get your tires fixed. I go and I just put air in the tire for a couple of months. Then eventually my wife has a blowout. And fortunate for me, I have friends like Josh that got there first. Come on, you, always, you don't ever want to be there first. Because it's always hard to find the spare tire. Come on, like someone knows that in here today. Got there and we began to change the tire. That oil light says, you know, change oil. I don't need to change oil light to tell me to change the oil. Because I got a sticker that tells me to change the oil two months ago. Like it tells me that. Like I got a, I got an instant reminder. You know when I get my oil changed every time I go on a road trip. It's just safer. <laughs> but we get in those, those guilt cycles. I, you guys that know me, I was talking to um, Danielle in the back. But you, those of you guys who know me, you know I, I work out. I know you can't look at me and tell that I work out, but I work out. And uh, this is a, this is a, this is, a, um, this is what, one of the things that you use for working out. <laughs> a belt. And I think sometimes guilt is like this belt. We just, we put it on, and, it, and it's not that bad. Between the, between the reps, you don't really have to put it on that tight. Like when you're sitting there talking, you're hanging out, you're shooting the breeze, and it's, it's no big deal. That's why I work out with my friends. There's a lot of shooting the breeze in between the workouts. But when you go, I already lifted it. I don't want to bring any weights in here today because you guys have already seen me lift weights. And that hurt me last time. So I'm not interested in that again. And that was a one-time shot. But when you go to lift the weight up, or whether you're going to do a squat, or you're going you're to do a deadlift, and you've got to get this thing on your lower back. And you have to like, like you've got to cinch it tight. And I know you're probably thinking, should up this first. You're probably thinking, why? would you do that? Because you have all these little muscles in your back that trigger you if you're going to get hurt. And you can listen to those little muscles or not. And the same thing happens with the guilt. The guilt triggers you and you can go in the right, right direction so the shame doesn't kill you or so that you don't find yourself in a shame cycle. So you put this on. What happens with the guilt is the guilt gets on you and it begins to squeeze the life out of you. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's just like, you're there, you're like, it's already tight, but it's like, you keep on doing the wrong thing, relationships, running from God, not doing the right thing. You name the thing, and the guilt begins to really just squeeze the heck out of you. It's like, oh, I can't breathe. Like, I don't know how much longer I can speak for with this on, but you get the point, like, the guilt, whoo. And then when you take it off, you're like, man, that feels so good. When I get done working out and I use this but I'm like... I can lose. I could lift two pounds or 200 pounds. And I'm like, I want to get that thing off as fast as I can. The same thing with my shoes. I'm like, I'm like taking my shoes off, like, because I want to get it off because it's so hot. I'm so, you know, when I finish the workout, I'm ripping my shirt off like an animal. So I'm like, I'm like, it's everything suffocating, and that's what guilt does to us. It suffocates us. So I wrote down three things. I think hopefully will help someone here today, and they are this number one. Guilt's going to come after your heart. The pressure of guilt will cause you to hide. It'll cause you to hide. You'll start. You'll you'll go hide. Like Adam and Eve. God, where are you? Oh, we hid because we are guilty. Can you write this down in your notes today or memorize it? Statistics tell us if you write it down, you're actually going to have a better chance of memorizing it. It's this. Playing hide and seek with God is a really bad idea because he sees everything and everywhere you go, he's already there. You've seen those cartoons before when the, when the, when the, when the, when the, the, little animals running around or, you know, it's it's coyote or it's bug bunny, whatever it is, like you see like the rodent, you see all these things like, and the the character gets there before the other person gets there. That's, God's already, wherever you're going to go hide at church, when you feel guilty, God's already already, already there. It's like, hey. (laughs) Like taps your shoulder, you're like, get away from me. The guilt is to be an indicator to help you turn and not run from the Father, or not not to hide, you shouldn't be hiding. You should just say, Hey, God, I, I messed up, and just here I am. What, what, what Chelsea said, I'm, I'm available, God. Like, I, I screwed up, I missed it. I've been married for a long time. It is way better for me just to come clean with Diana than it is to make an excuse. She'd be like, Hey, how did, where did this Nike charge come from? I don't know, babe. <laughs> Somebody must have got moms and dads in here. I don't know if anybody does this, but the other day, I, I, I'm never on our Amazon account, ever. I, I hardly ever am on Amazon. I get on the Amazon account the other day. My, do- my, my wife has access to it. My daughter has access to it. Six Always. There's either in our Amazon account, every time I've gone there, there's either an iPhone in there or there's an Apple Watch. I think my daughter's expecting us to accidentally press buy all or buy now. I think she is. This is the one. She doesn't charge me five bucks. The older daughter. third, 13. Like, I don't care. Like, she did not charge me. Like, like well, it's always expensive items. Like, she's never, like, asking for, like, scrunchies. Like it's always like I'm like, babe, can you like like I could slide in like a couple you know, you know, a couple dollar things, you know. Your day, my is getting more and more savage. If our kids want something on Amazon because it's so fast, she's like, Yeah, go get your money and give it to me and then I'll buy it for you. <laughs> 1999. Trips like you, know, you give her twenty bucks. He's like, I need that penny back. I need that penny back. I want my change. <laughs> the pressure of guilt will cause you to run. Here's the second thing, the pressure of guilt will cause you to feel I'm sorry, will cause you to run. It'll cause you to hide. And then it will cause you to run. When they heard God come, they went, ran, grabbed some branches, covered themselves up. Because the pressure of guilt will cause you to hide, but it also will cause you to, to run. And what I want to encourage you today, I was encouraging our staff today. I spoke at a leadership thing yesterday with, with 30, uh, to a corp, at a corporate event. And I was telling them, like, we got to run to the Father. You ought to get really good at running to God when you're, when you're guilty. Hey, guys, screwed up. Look, I just want to confess that to you. Like, he already knows you screwed up. It's just nice. It's just nice to say, God, I just, I I missed it, God. Like, I didn't, hey, God, I know some of you guys today, you need to have a moment with God. You're like, God, I know that, like, I should be doing something else, but I'm not doing it right now. But I'm ready to get on the right track now, God. I'm going to go where you told me to go. I'm going to do what you told me to do. You know, Jonah, God told Jonah where to go. He he tried to run and hide. You saw how that worked out for him. Anybody in the Bible that you ever see run and hide, it never works out. Well, Judas, he ran and hide. He ran and hid. That wasn't, that didn't work out good for Judas. All throughout scripture, Ananias and Sapphira, they were hiding. Didn't end good for them. There's a lot of people, when you run and you hide, you're never, ever, never, ever, ever, ever goes, well, some of you guys in here today, you need some Jesus running shoes. Some Jesus running shoes. I didn't know Jesus had a brand, Wes. He's got a brand. Some of you on d you need to put on your G's wrenches and you just need to run to the Father. Here I am. You can have it all. I'm sorry for where I've been, but God, I know where I want to go. I want to go with you. I want to be close to you. I want to be right there with you. We need to run. We need to run to the Father, not run from the Father. You know, there's a big difference between the word to and from. You guys are smarter than I am. You need to run to the Father. But we're really good at running from Him. Flying. God wants you to run to him. I was talking to my friend. She's going to start helping with young ladies who've been trafficked and they're rescued from it. And what happens when you get in that kind of environment? You pick up a habit of running away and hiding or running to bad things. Like you run and hide or do you run to bad things? And there's a third option. There's always a third option, by the way. And you got to run to the Father, church. We got to take our burdens to Jesus we got to go to God and say, God, I can't, I'm just not, it's not working, my relationships are not working, I was at a conference yesterday, and um, I was talking about church hurt, just seeing you know, some of you guys you need to go back to your, to your, wherever you're from, these people from, are from around the country, and some of you guys have been hurt by church or been hurt by someone who goes to church or whatever it is, and I'm like, you know, you gotta, you can't be a victor, you, you gotta be a victor, not a victim, and I'm doing all my, you know, my motivational stuff, and I'm like, you gotta get back in there, and because I believe whatever God does in a house, he can do in your home. I messaged a friend of mine, They're like, God told me to tell you, you need to come back to the building. Because there's just something that happens here that's not going to happen in your bedroom, online, on, on your phone. I mean, that's just, I, I don't have chapter and verse for that, but I'm just saying, like, it just, something can happen here that I know is not happening in homes. But, it, but if you come here, you can take it to your home. So we see here the pressure of guilt will cause you to run, it'll cause you to, it'll cause you to hide, and then here's the, the third thing. The pressure of guilt will cause you to feel dirty. And no one likes to feel dirty. No one likes to feel dirty. Some of you guys need today, you're really good at hand sanitizer. <laughs> Some of y'all need to sanitize your heart. Sanitize your mind. You need a, sanit- you just need a good sanitizer. In our house, people laugh at us. Um, Justin gave us a, um, a, a big old thing of hand sanitizer. And at first... Tyson's pointed out, everyone who comes over the first time, they're like, What are you trying to say? We need to wash our hands. Like, it's kind of offensive. It's it's so big, it's offensive. Like, it's like, you, like, it's big. I mean, it's just like a one or two gallon, I don't know, but. And some of you on your day, you just need to. And you clean the outside, but you gotta make sure your heart is clean on the inside. You gotta clean the inside, your insides have to be clean guilt will cause you to hide it'll cause you to run it'll cause you to feel dirty you need to sanitize (laughs) you need to sanitize your your heart you need to sanitize your heart when i was a little kid as you can imagine you, you can imagine this mouth you can imagine this mouth but you can imagine like at 9 10 11 12 it was just out of control and i don't know how many bars of soap i've eaten i've eaten I think we got to bring back bars of soap. Come on, moms and dads here today. That was for somebody here today too. Like just a little, <laughs> just a little drop. <laughs> and I needed that because my mouth was always like, we're going to get this kid. We're going to get this kid to shut up eventually. Or to use his mouth and for the right, for the right things. We need to sanitize, just a little hand sanitizer in our, in our hearts. There's two things that can help you with the guilt. Some of you guys right now, you're feeling guilty done some things you shouldn't have done that you're not proud of that you don't want anybody to know about that you wish that i wouldn't know about that you you your spouse doesn't know about and maybe you well, the only person knows about it is god only and only you and god that's it and here's what i want to help you with that with that guilt because i used to struggle with guilt because we all do until you learn that the bible talks about that we're not supposed to live in guilt that we're actually clothed in righteousness like when you start learning the bible you realize you shouldn't be living the way that you are living your life here's two things confession and prayer will help guilt stay away confession and prayer Will help guilt stay away. The Bible says in James if you confess your sins to your brother, then you can be free. The weight can come off. Like it's just, you walk around like this, it's like just, just nice to shrug off the weight. It's nice to shrug off the issues and all the things that we have going on in our life that shouldn't be there it's, it's nice to get rid of the the guilt it's it's nice to get off the the condemnation and in group with these some of these guys behind me we're going through the book over, we were looking at the romans chapter 8 this past week and, and the bible says there is therefore no there's no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus it's nice when there's no condemnation you can just kind of like you're, you're that hurts my shoulder by the way but it's like you can just kind of lift your chest I'm like I, there's no condemnation here i'm free the bible says in john chapter 6 and in other verses it says that for who the sun sets free, then you're actually free indeed. You're not meant to live dirty and guilty. You're not meant to live that way. So you can't stay that way. So how do I get out of the guilt? I just, I just, I just confess and I pray. I confess and I pray and I confess and I pray. Now here's a moment, okay? Some of you guys in here today, you're not saved. You're like, that's rude. It's, you're just not. Because you didn't know that you need to be saved. Or, You didn't know there was a person that could save you from your guilt and all of your baggage and all your issues. You didn't know that. But today you're here today and all throughout the first song to to now, we're leading you guys to a path. And God's been leading you down a path to let you know that he wants to save you. He wants to save you from all of your sins, all the guilt, all the issue, all the condemnation. He wants to save you from all of that. And the Bible tells that in this room today, you're all sinners, I'm a sinner, we're all sinners. It tells us that. It also tells that because we've sinned, we are separated from God. In Genesis chapter 3, a separation happens because they, they sinned and the separation happened. It was perfect and it was good and everything was perfect, everything was good and they sinned and once they sinned, separation. When you sin, it separates you from God. Thousands of years has gone by since this story, since Genesis. And Jesus eventually came, God of the Genesis, the God of the Old Testament, who spoke the creation out of his mouth, the stars, the moons, the galaxies, out of, you know, all the things. Spoke, speaks it all. He sends his son down to earth. He was in heaven. I know you think he came on December 25th as a baby, and he did, but he was in heaven with Jesus because God's always been God the Father, God's Son. He sends his son down to, down to earth, and that one son gets on a cross. He came in a manger. But he left on a cross. He died on a cross for your sins and for my sins. And you need that Savior today. Because you're going you're gonna to have more than guilt. You're going to have more than shame. You're going to have more than greed. More than jealousy. More than angerness. More than bitterness. You're going to have all so many more issues that you need Jesus to help you get rid of those things. And so today right now is your moment to ask Christ to be your Savior. So your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. And as you're doing that, you guys are very talented. I'm going to have you stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Everyone across the way. Would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? And if you're here today and you say, Wes, I need a saver. Would you write me I and say, dear Jesus, I need to be saved. I confess all my sins to you. I admit that I've done wrong. I believe today that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again victoriously three days later. I believe that today. Today I'm confessing all my sins. Would you lead me, God? Would you guide me? You can have my heart. All of me. You can just take control, God. I want you to be the Lord of my life. If you prayed that prayer today, right where you're at in your seat, would you say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me? I needed that. He already knows, but he needed it. Let me have you do one more thing. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time today, would you just shoot your hand up real quick? No one's going to embarrass you. No one's going to ask you to stand forward. Would you just shoot your hand up real quick and say, Wes, I prayed that prayer today. When you Thank you so much, sweetheart. I'm so happy for you. Anybody else say, I prayed that prayer for the first time. I give Christ my Lord, Lord and my Savior. Awesome. Hey, church, let me have you all look this way. We're going to sing this song. Chelsea's going to sing over us, and we're going to sing together. Hey, would you take a moment today and tell God, you can have the guilt. You can have the shame. I don't want it, God. Like, just take it all away from me. Ask Him to cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. Ask Him to cleanse you from all the guilt. And He promises you, if you ask Him, you will.